All right, welcome to the Pitch Stack Podcast, Episode 9, our first episode after the conclusion of the professional tour. Matt, how are you doing today? This is great. I mean, I'm super excited to talk about it. Hopefully you are as well. There's so much news and so many things that happened this weekend. It's very exciting. It's a very historic day, or historic very weekend, historic. rather. A lot of events. Um, Yeah. I actually, I had an optimal pro tour viewing experience because I, I, uh, it finally happened. I caught the virus and, um, I was sitting there on my couch for three days with nothing to do except watch the pro tour. And it was just, it was the real silver lining to this last week. (laughs) If you're wondering why I sound like an extra and point break, um, probably the only silver lining I imagine, right? Yeah. At least you got to watch some premium, top-of-the-notch gameplay by some of the best players in the world, honestly. I mean, the turnout was amazing. Uh, we yeah. had 300 and some number of players, 300, yeah. 700 players turn out. That's insane. That's and too many. Really? Like- <laughs> <laughs> too many players? Well, if you think that's too many players, the calling had about 800 people and they sold out. So the calling definitely had too many. And the reason I know that the calling had too many is I don't know if you saw the deck list, but like people showed up on like Benji and Kasai. And I did not know that. I did not know that. You can play young heroes in CC. People often forget this, but it's never a good idea. It's never worked out for anyone. Clearly, uh, we did not hear about any of those decks appearing in uh, any uh, feature matches or top eights, obviously. <laughs> top placements so uh let's just give you some good advice and leave the blitz decks for blitz and uh bring the big boys out because the life total is gonna matter but yeah man like it was we had people coming from all over the world i mean poland france <laughs> like especially like people turn out four percent of the metagame was poland Oh my god. This is on fabtcg.com by the way as well. Of course, half more than half was uh America, but you know, it's home home turf. It's very easy to get to. Uh but Canada, Australia of course, and UK and New Zealand had the top uh 5 turnouts including uh the USA, followed by Poland, Germany, and Singapore and Spain and a number of other countries we could keep naming them off, but uh we have Quite the representation in this game. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, there's a lot of people out here playing. And, you know, what's great is uh, we had our own uh, local players out there representing the uh, South Florida and a little bit of uh, Central Florida as well. Yeah. And uh, particularly, we had our very own Jonathan Owens. First of all, congratulations, honestly. 23rd place in a field of, sweaty super competitive grinders teams practicing secret tech i mean you went through it all played the gauntlet and you got 23rd place that's amazing honestly and yeah, i mean absolutely. it's not not to you know uh say anything for your efforts you know like you spent a lot of time practicing so definitely well deserved well earned and uh the rest of our players they try hard as well they went out and played the pro tour they went out and played the calling you know, um, they even played a little battle hardened as well. So definitely props to everyone who went out and showed. Yeah. Well, but what do you say we hit the intro and we'll come back with a rundown of the events? Absolutely. Let's go. You're listening to the pitch that podcast. All right, and we're back. So, Matt, I want to get one thing out of the way because I Googled this extensively and I was fascinated by it. Something that I saw occur multiple times at the Pro Tour uh, on really all three days. And 
The consistency of it, I think, is the thing that I was most surprised by. And that is, of course, James White's collar. Um, and I know he was popping it like it was 2005. And I wasn't 100% sure if this was a New Zealand thing or not. So I Googled New Zealand popped collar and there were no results. So this wow. appears to be a James White signature thing, which if you're trying to win the Pro Tour Lille cosplay contest, all you got to do is white pants, bright polo, Popped collar, James Absolutely. White cosplay. He rocked it. He man, he rocked that look. Absolutely, he was out there representing flesh and blood like a true owner should. And um, you know, honestly, like the banquet before the pro tour on Thursday, from the videos that people are posting and the speeches that he gave, and the speech he gave right before they kicked off the first round of pro tour. He's a very passionate man. He really puts his heart and soul into this game. You know, you could tell that it was one of his lifelong dreams to see this moment come true. The first very own, the very first pro tour for flesh and blood and, you know, massive attendance, 1500 plus people coming out to play games in the flesh and blood in the shared language of great games. Oh, I nailed it. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's his favorite catch line, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, he was all around from from what I heard. He was walking everywhere, talking to all the players, signing stuff, you know, having conversations. And it seems he really has a passion for, you know, creating this great, amazing game and just getting together with people in general, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's he's like, it's weird to see like a card game with like such a vis visible face because like, I don't know, we haven't really had this since Richard Garfield. Oh, for sure. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I'm all about it. You know, this game has so many great personalities. And, um, you know, speaking of those personalities, the casters that, you know, commentated on all the games that they were on screen, that they were streaming live, were great. I mean, these are amazing personalities. YouTubers, pro players, uh, you name it. They were there. And they did uh, one hell of a job entertaining everyone. Um, DM Armada, Red Zone Rogue, Flake, Matt, as in Matt DeMarco, a.k.a. Tanning Grace, Matt Rogers, even who was playing in the Pro Tour. He took a few breaks to commentate and spectate. So, yeah, he showed know. up to commentate the calling there uh, at the end. Or yeah. I guess even the top 80 did a little bit once he was knocked out. So that was yeah, pretty he, cool. He gave some pretty good insight into the decks, especially the ones he was familiar with. But you know, even just the the personality of the people who were talking, they really knew what they were talking about for the most part. Um, but you can't be blamed. You know, it's a tough job to be constantly uh, talking throughout a game, you know, and making sure that, you know, you're keeping everyone entertained and focused on the game and making sure you're describing things accurately for everyone watching back at home. You know, um, it's definitely a demanding job, but uh, they did one hell of a job, honestly. And uh, they had a little fun, too. Uh, they did a little... Uh, little moment where they signed a sealed uh <laughs> the little moment where dm armada had uh matt demarco sign a sealed uh or oh man i'm a <laughs> and i don't remember whether it was tanning grace or matt demarco but they had him sign a sealed box of arcane rising and then he cracked it like five <laughs> minutes later <laughs> oh that's phenomenal that's... he ended up getting a skull cap though <laughs> there you go. He brought it out on stream they that wait them all out first that way they would know that was i don't know yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they love cracking packs, but honestly, I thought the coverage was so much fun to watch. Not, and not just the commentators, but just the games that were played. Like, you'd Absolutely. think that sometimes watching Starville Mare matches can be, you know, Guardian Mare matches can be boring, but, you know, everyone had their own little spice, their own little take on every deck, you know. Um, and then just all the other matches as well were just so much fun to watch and the players at times they very much looked like they were having fun themselves you know they weren't Absolutely. taking it some people weren't taking it all that seriously where you know they were all stone-faced the entire time some people were having a little fun with it and i really appreciate that you know yeah i um i think uh for me, it was right up there with some of the best Magic the Gathering Pro Tours. Uh, maybe like a Brian David Marshall short. Um, but 
Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, I can't believe they were able to pump out that level of quality on their first go. And I guess like, um, I mean, I, I would put that squarely on channel fireball, how they were able to take care of that. So good Absolutely. on them for that. Uh, <laughs> that particular thing. Great job. Um, <laughs> yeah, that particular thing. <laughs> there were, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just want to point out a few like matches and players that I thought were worth mentioning that that really caught my attention. I was like, absolutely, this, this is great. This is fun to watch. This is peak flesh and blood playing. And uh, the very first round I tuned into personally, because I woke up a little later in the day. Um, I don't know how early it started watching if you caught uh, Hayden Dale's game or I, I'm sorry, it was Pat- Brendan Patrick's game uh, on Kano round one first first game of the day uh but i yeah. watched round three uh or maybe you could tell us about that game did was there anything interesting about that game let's see for round one um i don't know i'm trying to so round one if i remember correctly didn't have kano involved um really i believe the very first match on camera was yuki lee bender's lexi list um against the dash list that was oh, yeah. quite fascinating. Um, it kind of right. seemed it seemed like they were going out of their way to uh, to feature like odd lists at first because they were very afraid of just like constant Starvo twenty four seven. Like yeah, we, um, we knew we'd be watching a little bit of that later down the line for sure. Yeah, because uh, you know, going in the second list, there was actually Levia versus Oldham was was how they started round two, um, or I'm sorry, round three. So. Yeah. That was the one I really enjoyed watching because they were both having the time. They seemed like they were having the time of their lives, honestly. (laughs) And by the way, shout out to uh, I. Sorry if I butcher this, but Ian or uh, it's spelled differently than I am used to Ian being spelled. But Ian, shout out to Ian for that really, really cool uh, ragamuffins hat. Oh, yeah, it's 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 ragamuffins that way. Um, It is Ian. I okay. can confirm. Okay, Thank so you. I was wrong. There, the first match did have Brendan Patrick on Kano, but that was like the backup match. They started right with uh, Rob Seigel from uh, Tolarian Dropouts uh, yes. on Starvo versus Prism. So they did get it out of the way. Um, but it was pretty interesting because uh, Brendan Patrick on Kano, which was, you know, as we saw this tournament go on, Kano was the big upset deck, the deck that nobody saw coming. Um, he actually got smashed by Dash <laughs> right at the beginning wow. there. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, they went in there knowing what they were doing. I mean, Kano's not always the most forgiving hero. And Dash is very, very fast. Absolutely. You know, um, but just Kano overall making such a impact on the first Pro Tour. Like, even if Kano did not make even if Kano didn't get first place, the impact that it had on the meta on top eight and moving forward as well, everyone inspired by the just the master class of on Wizard that Vor and Sasha performed with. Like Absolutely. everyone's gonna be inspired to start playing Kano again and giving him another chance. And I think he's well deserved. Kano's very under uh, appreciated these days. But to be fair, it's not easy to commit to playing the deck. And it's a deck that requires and and you'll never run out of uh practice for this deck. You'll always need practice. Right? It's a deck that will you'll will always challenge you every single time you pick it up and you play it. So, yeah. you know, anyone who decides to start picking that deck up and good luck. <laughs> but yeah, it's absolutely. definitely very rewarding. And uh two of them made top eight. That's incredible, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we saw it like not a lot of decks brought in any notable amount of arcane barrier into this game or into the, uh, you know, into the tournament just because people were not expecting Kano in any way whatsoever. And it proved that, you know, a deck like Starvo that's going to take a couple turns to set up a hand and filter it to try and get those activations and two attacks per turn uh you know kano has those opportunities to strike so it was pretty interesting uh just to see how the metagame got taken advantage of so well yeah and they that they did you gotta respect kano 
bring arcane barrier of some kind not just one and your crown because that's just once you know uh you've got to bring you got to bring something else got to be ready for it Kano's going to be more prevalent now maybe than in the last uh, few months and just generally speaking i mean you, you want to be prepared for it because you don't want to lose you know to Kano when you weren't expecting it and have nothing ready for it you know yeah it's easy pickings for Kano tasty no arcane barrier it'll eat you alive absolutely and speaking of you know black horse decks let's talk about yuki bender because i was not expecting i mean i expected lexi to show up but i wasn't expecting the performance you know i was surprised even that ranger you know performed this well and really it's all about the deck construction and the player and she really crushed it she was climbing those rankings taking people down you know it was honestly so impressive to watch yeah right i mean and that's that's the thing too with lexi is it's a deck that you don't run into a lot on a daily basis and usually when you do it's just like people that are just huge ranger fans they play ranger because they play ranger in every single game and they just love bows and they love arrows um, so it was interesting to see like a very tactical, methodical version of this deck uh, put forward in an aggro manner. And it's it's also very weird to see that Yuki's like I like I'd go as far as to say unique playstyle with this deck uh, made it one of the very few Lexis to day two, uh, let alone top sixty four. So a hundred. I don't know. I think. I think she actually ended up top. Uh, she got top 30 doing. Yeah. Yeah. Nine five finish. And she has coverage all over Channel Fireball's Twitch. I mean, she was covered a lot. And from her deck list, I mean, she, I just checked the deck list as well um, on Twitter. And it's a really cool deck list. It's something I have seen a lot. I, I do know a lot of the percentages and the numbers for Ranger decks. You know, I don't know if you've seen me. I've definitely tried to play Ranger at my armory sometimes. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. But this is really cool. You know, I haven't played Lexi in a hot minute. This is making me want to try to pick up Lexi again and giving her another shot. I still really want Azalea to be good. I really do. But this is, as for right now, this is the second best thing, you know. Yeah. Um, It's very ice-heavy deck, but it's also very aggressive, which is really cool. So, uh, honestly, props. Yeah. In round, four, uh, in round four, her testing partner, Eric Lehrer, actually got a feature match on the same Lexi list against oh, really? uh, Starvo. So there's, uh, there's quite a bit of coverage to see this deck being played by multiple people. Um, That's excellent. And they had all, uh, I guess they're all from the Vancouver area, the three players that were on this deck, and they tuned it and worked it out. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinating. I know they, I know one of their, somebody they were testing with entered it into the calling and day two with it, but I'm not entirely sure who that was. Okay. Maybe someone we look into. Yeah. You know, um, and since we're on round four, let's move on over to the next round. This is very, our very own Jonathan Owens, and he put up quite a hell of a fight against Nick Butcher of the proclaimed fame uh dragon fireball uh, dragon fireball what am i talking dragon about? fireball dragon, that's a really cool team name by the way i'm gonna start i'm gonna market that right now don't team take dragon fireball <laughs> the dragon shield team uh play test team i guess or just team in general i don't know if they're i mean they're fully sponsored obviously but uh you know the infamous fab illuminati <laughs> the boogeyman but uh Tariq patel rob seigel matt rogers and nick butcher yeah, cooped up in a house in New Jersey, pro te- pro tour te- play testing, and uh, our buddy Jonathan Owens got a uh, crack at Nick Butcher, but Nick Butcher cracked back and uh, he fr- he faced his first defeat. However, yeah, our buddy Jonathan Owens made twenty third place and yeah, continued to uh, move up along the ranks, taking down Starvos, taking down Prisms, taking names. You know, yeah, it was impressive to watch. Yeah, John, we just get in there and crush, you know, we show up, get in there and crush. Um, 
That said, you know, it was really interesting because I did a lot of testing with John leading up into this. Um, and I saw him slowly tune that Starvo list uh, with all of his own secret tech and strategies. So it was kind of, it was cool watching play. And then, you know, I mean, what a, it, it, I don't know. It was really cool because usually it's like, it's strangers. My favorite thing know. about... I've had a fever all week. I don't know. My favorite thing about that deck, and I'm sure other decks run the same tech, but Exposed to the Elements is such a soul-crushing card. <laughs> Absolutely. It will he, ruin um, your day. He said it wasn't on coverage, but it would have been amazing to watch the look on someone's face watching their their rampart of the Ramshead get exposed. Earth and Ice Fuse on turn one, and then you're sitting there with no shield... And at the looking at the end of the game of a 32 life difference, that has got to be something else. Absolutely. Yeah, that um in testing, he took out my phantasmal footsteps quite a few times, which was not great. Oh, yeah, uh, it didn't feel it's good. Not good. <laughs> but, you know, he uh, he picked up Starvo was very comfortable with, you know, um, and Shane was also part of that play testing, uh, you know, you know, part of the playtesting plan, you know, and just to see what would be the best thing to take to the calling or sorry, not the calling, but the pro tour. But it seems yeah. that Shane, despite all odds and despite all the talks of Starvo being the deck and Prism potentially taking out Starvo, Shane wins the pro tour. Yeah, and I'm not entirely surprised because we talked last week uh, about the upcomings of Shane into the meta now that we have the ban list with Viserai got hit really hard. And then Shane's here to try to take the Rune Blade mantle and uh, carry it up to victory. And that he did. Pablo yeah. Pintor. Yeah. And it was so weird, right? Because I just, I feel like we didn't see Chain lose in coverage. Like obviously chain decks lost. Um, but I felt like every time Chain was on coverage, uh, like the deck just crushed it and it seemed unbeatable on the camera. Yeah. And it's, so it's a fast deck. Yeah. Crazy. It's so fast. You get those like big turns that are just so hard to like play around and block. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's such a, the deck is fascinating because of its bizarre, like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a snowball aggro deck. Absolutely. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's really cool. And I do think, I think pre-ban Viserai was a better deck than this current chain list. I think um, they were almost, I think that the chain is adapted to the current meta post-ban, but I think the current version of Shane could stand up to Viserai. Um, I just think Viserai is a lot more flexible and um, in the right hands, a lot more forgiving as well. Um, yeah, your hands, you're able to pivot based on, you know, a moment's notice based on your information you're given. Uh, are they attacking you for a certain num number? How much damage do you plan to deal to them on the next turn? I mean, I can go into it more details, but, you know, I think that it was a really close 50 50 ish kind of uh, deal between the two decks, depending on how well Shane had his shell shackles come up and how well this I was drawing. Yeah, but I do agree in that this right probably had a better odds overall. Yeah. And I also think one of the things I think was really interesting here in the uh, in the top eight here was that um, both Kano's lost in decks that they had a very favorable matchup against. Yes. And very um, much so. Yeah, I thought so. That was fascinating because I thought for sure when I saw 25% of the top eight, like there were two Kano decks, both of them had a favorable matchup going in. The only way one of them would run into an unfavorable matchup is if Prism was able to turn the odds and exhaust Chain. Uh, and that Chain deck ended up winning the whole tournament, but it was we didn't see a single Kano deck get past round one, which was fascinating because these lists look like. You know, I mean, obviously we saw them lose a few times, but they just seem to have the ability to win at will against slower decks. It was really fascinating. For sure. And, you know, props to Jacob Shaker. He respected the Arcane Barrier. Absolutely. And it paid off. He AB3, he showed up with AB3. it. AB3. 
phenomenal. He led the tournament in AB. Absolutely. And then Alexander Vore was just not prepared for it. And his deck was not uh, friendly to him as well. I mean, not to say that on a different, you know, differently ordered deck that he would have uh, turned out, it would have turned out better for him and Sasha for that matter. But I think that the other two players that played against them were just more prepared. And then Isaac Crute was just very devoid of no rune boots, but he didn't need that. He had fuse on his side. So yeah, who needs uh arcane barrier when you're just slapping them for 11, 15 damage a turn, you know? Yeah. Who needs, who needs arcane barrier when you have smash, <laughs> you know, smash <laughs> real reliable. <laughs> so yeah. So I, this top it was fascinating. I thought for sure there were two moments where I thought that, you know, we were going to see Isaac Crute beat Chain. And then there were two moments where I thought for sure we were going to see Floor and Christian Logan beat Chain. And then the deck just ended up surviving and closing the game out both times. And so it was really weird to see that these matches were so close. They almost came down to a fuse miss on Starvo uh, just for one turn, which is really fascinating to me. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, I mean, you just have to play very methodically against mm-hmm. these Starvo decks, and Pablo Pintor did a phenomenal job of that. 100% agree. I mean, the game, I mean, you live and die by the fuse. You know, it's, it is a matter of RNG. However... Shane's playing the same game too. Yeah. He is also playing with fire and his life total. Yeah. So that was the pro tour. And then immediately afterwards, we were treated to the finals of the biggest flesh and blood event of all time up until now. And that was grand Prix, New Jersey. Um, and man, I've got to imagine this was like one of the sweatiest Grand Prix ever because you have like everybody that was just traveling to play in it. You have yeah. everyone that qualified for the calling. Pro Tour and like, you know, maybe they had a super unlucky day one and they were like, well, let's play in this GP. And it finally happened, Matt. It finally happened. Starvo won. He got living legended. So we didn't have to wait very long after our little small disappointment with Shane to watch uh, Starvo <laughs> hit those living legend points. I've seen people in the chats uh, wailing over the uh, loss of their Autumn's touch <laughs> for their old him. And then moments later, rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, quite something. Um, I never got to watch this match. I was working. Um, you know, how was how was this match? Starvo faced off again, too. Uh, so it, Starvo was playing against a, uh, I forget the name of the player, but he was a Prism player. Uh, that's fairly okay. well known. And um, was Tyler Horsepool? Or was no, it was else? not Tyler Horsepool. Okay, okay, um, I thought he did. I thought he he placed in the calling really well. I don't know if he. Made he actually had a feature match uh, oh, round one. Excellent. But um, so it was Prism versus Starvo, a tale as old as time. And uh, the prism list came very, very close. And there were just, there were some turns where the prism needed to be able to block near the end or draw a herald uh, to be able to attack with it instead of, you know, being on on their heels. And uh, unfortunately, they drew into a couple auras, got hit with a fuse, and it was game over from there. Yeah. Sometimes you just kind of know right off the onset, Starville starts showing you those cards, you know, it's over. You, keep, you draw your hand, you see those uh, empty de- defense boxes, and you're like, oh, man, praying for a no-fuse turn here. And uh, Yeah, right. You just see them start to move their Starvo forward or start to put their hand out, and you feel the wave of understanding that it's over. Dawn on yeah. It. But hopefully that's all over after <laughs> Uprising comes out. Yeah, right. Um, and of course, let's not forget battle hardened old him takes the crown, takes the PTI and the gold foil Donovan Van Beek. Not Starvo, but because it's blitz. Oh, yeah. He's on baby old him. It he's is on young him. Yeah. Young him. <laughs> uh, not as old him, actually. 
<laughs> he's pretty yeah. old in that picture anyways absolutely and so it's really interesting if you look at the top eight from this battle hardened blitz event it is um yeah ooh, it's uh, spicy i don't know how else to describe it we have um six oldums <laughs> one kano came in second post ban oh man and a, uh one dash player what a soldier man soldiering through that ban yeah right <laughs> what a weird <laughs> yeah i guess i mean like the deck still has legs i just think it's significantly less consistent it's oh, probably what sure. it is there's not no no turn one shenanigans you know we're playing it fair and square yeah <laughs> so if there's one thing we hate it's shenanigans no shenanigans allowed you know, and uh, speaking of shenanigans, of course, because uh, it's not really a uh, sanctioned format and anything goes sort of deal. Uh, we have a UPF tournament that occurred there, and uh, the prizing for it was actually really cool. Uh, they offered a gold foil uh, silver palms. Gold for, palms. Yeah, for a UPF tournament and a lore book, I believe, as well. And they also did a cosplay competition in which they gave out Taylor promos and lore book as well. But Taylor won the UPF tournament, her very first tournament, and she just got released. Yeah. And she's not even legal in any other format. <laughs> yeah. So apparently um, somebody bought this UPF, or I'm sorry, I, I'm not really sure the story fully yet because we don't even know who it is, first of all. Yeah, these um, ultimate pitch shenanigans. Only They're just rumors. Only know what happens exactly. So uh, Taylor is rumored to have won the UPF tournament, and uh, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, suiting up with all these equipments from different classes, and then just crushing people. I don't really know how you're going to do it. Generic <laughs> cards, probably uh, destroying. Uh, your weapons and bringing in new <laughs> weapons. Like, I, don't, I don't really know. Art of War, E Strike, Command and Conquer, Remembrance. Well, hey, let's not forget though that <laughs> they can run uh, equipments of any class. That includes weapons. So you know, bring in Talishar, attack with it twice, and be like, actually, we're going to destroy Talishar, and we're coming in with Winter's Whale now. I mean, not yeah. that that's great because you don't have ice to pitch, but <laughs> you know, you you get what I'm saying. It's uh, it can be pretty good if, under the right conditions, I believe. Um, yeah, with the right cards in your sideboard, you can do anything if you're taking. Actually, it. if you see a if you see a picture of the final table, the Taylor player just has like a a pile of slabbed equipment cards. <laughs> they the came right ready. Deck. They came totally ready to play Taylor. Absolutely. And then there was a Shiana on the table as well. There was, and I also heard that there was some really cool turns. Uh, <laughs> Can you for Shiana, copying crippling copying a okay. KO on the table and playing a crippling crush, a specialization, of course, as you know, uh, and attacking somebody for 22 and then pummeling it. That sounds uh, not pleasant. It sounds spicy. Very spicy. Um, Unpleasant for the receiving end. Very spicy. Let's see. I'm actually curious to see how spicy this could have gotten. Um, okay, so that's unfortunate. It it does appear that you can't um you can't copy Taylor's ability because it happens at the start of your turn and you copy it with Shiana at the action phase. Yeah. I mean you could just go another gotten real shenanigans name, but yeah, that would have been a little weird. Absolutely. Shapeshifter. Copy yeah, that's Shapeshifter? Odd. Yeah, I don't really know. Shapeshifting into another shapeshifter. Yeah. But, you know, Weird. at the Pro Tour, a lot more was happening other than just, you know, games. But they had a, you know, I don't know if, you know, there was a group of people, uh, very well-known people for most people, uh, Alpha Investments or uh, Rudy, as people call them, and uh, fluke, a uh, fluke and block, a uh, fluke and box, or uh, there's also fabled hunters, Saint and James White. They both, they all opened a case of alpha on a table on camera. Yeah, so I heard about this, but I, I didn't, I didn't watch it. 
when it yeah. happened or haven't it, seen the video. Well, I mean, just they got a huge gathering of people around them and they just started cracking packs. And apparently James White favorite pack to open is Dorinthia packs. He almost huh. only opened Dorinthia packs. Fun fact. Um, but on top of that, though, they did open some pretty spicy things, of course. Um, they had they they opened uh, cold foil, uh, hardened cross straps, uh, bolters, and scap skins. If I'm not mistaken, those are the only three cold foils they got. But they also got a foil majestic crippling crush. That was really cool. Oh yeah! And then That's they also a... had a bunch of players come up and open packs, just because. Oh, what? So that was that was really good of them. And they also gave cards away. You know, random commons and bulk. Well, not bulk. It's all alpha. So. Some of that's worth a few bucks and pink strip cards, you know, like I oh, was yeah. really generous of them. Oh, yeah. I forgot all about the pink strip cards. Yeah. They also open a foil pink snatch, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, for the memes, of course. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> and they had a lot of fun. Tall Timmy was there. Team. He was yeah. there. Open some packs. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of content creators. I was so bummed i couldn't go because i man i would do i would have done anything to get a tall timmy playmat and then meet the man himself have him sign it that would have been incredible yeah you know i'm personally i i think the thing that i am most excited for um is just going to be the absolute downpour of uh of content that we are going to be getting this week um just from all all the uh content creators that went there like there's so many people that filmed videos about oh, how they were going yes. to film videos you know yes <laughs> so, so i'm so looking much, forward so to much it fun to look forward to as well um you know and there was also uh the famed artist steve argyle there to sign cards and sell some really cool merch that i'm so disappointed i missed out, missed out on they had a really sick Viscerite playmat with no zones on it. And I really wanted that playmat. So cool. But sadly, it sold out before uh, Jonathan got a chance to hit, hit, the, hit them up for me. But I did get some stuff signed. So I'm really excited to see uh, those cards in person when I finally get it. Yeah. Um, Steve Argyle, if you don't know, has done uh, the art for Viscerai and his weapon Nebula Blade. He's also done the art for Icelander and her Kraken Aether vein. But he's most famous for drawing magic cards. Yeah. But specifically he's one of the, of the first big artists uh, that Flesh and Blood got onto their uh, onto their brand to start doing art for them. Yeah, which is uh, pretty cool. I've got to imagine that uh, he won't be the last... Um, Oh, absolutely not. I'm 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 going to I'm willing to bet that Mark Poole's going to be at one of the next ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder so I've also I've also wondered this for some time like I wonder if Wizards like locks people into certain artists into like exclusivity arrangements. Like obviously that's incredibly ex- expensive on Wizards behalf, but I'm sure they do it for some artists. But it's very profitable for some of them. I mean, I gotta imagine that Seb McKinnon wasn't doing art for anyone else. I mean, Seb McKinnon yeah. had, has had some, an incredible history of drawing magic uh, art. I mean, it's so amazing. Um, you know, and as well as... Very like, distinctive style. Of course, yeah. You know, magic has had so many extremely distinctive artists, some very unique people drawing for their game. Some of the most famous art, you know, um, and even some of the low, like some of the some even some of the new up and coming artists are some of the maybe less known artists do some amazing work. I mean, Federico Musetti, who was there at the Pro Tour as well, signing. Let's not forget. Um, yeah, he drew uh, Shane's art and he's drawn art uh, for the shadow, uh, you know, lined cards as well. He's also drawn a few other cards, super notably, and a playman I'm staring at right now on my desk, Mangle. And he also oh, yeah. drew Pulverize, which he was selling playmats of. And they look gorgeous. Like, this is one of the most beautiful playmats I've ever seen on camera. I would love to see it in person one day. 
I wish I, I wish I got one, but I didn't. They look so good. Pulverize is such good art. And honestly, I would love to see Federico draw some art for magic one day. Yeah, if that would be him, very cool. That would be amazing. Yeah, right. I wonder how they source that. That's something I'll have to dig into. I mean, I really hope they just look at the their history, you know, their uh, their portfolios, if you will. And, you know, they should be impressed, in my opinion. The keyword should, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I did forget one more other artist. Um, I don't know if they necessarily had a uh, flesh and blood announced, you know, sponsored from Channel Fireball uh, appearance. Uh, but I don't remember their exact name. The one who drew Exude Confidence, I believe, was present at the Pro Tour. Oh, yeah, because there's the um, there was the mat. Yes. The, so, yeah, they are house syndicate. Uh, was hosting a sale for these exclusive uh, art mats that were signed by the artists. Um, and I'm I'm so sorry I'm forgetting the name right now. And, you know, if you happen to be listening to this, you're one of my favorite Flesh and Blood artists. Please sign my Exude Confidence play, Matt, and maybe please sell me one of those alternate art ones one day. <laughs> um, I love it. And um, it's like, it's fa, it's P-H-U- a name I can't pronounce. T I yeah, it's like T H I E U. I don't know if that's. Yeah, I, I don't also, know how to pronounce that. He also drew um, swarming gloomvale. I mean, I'm one of my also another one of my favorite cards. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that he was there and signed probably signing stuff. I've never really seen any. I haven't seen any photos of that at all. But I have seen people posing photos with their cool play mats. That I'm really not jealous that I don't have one. Yeah, apparently it is pronounced two, so it's just fa two, fa two. Okay, cool. Right on. Well, we've talked a lot about Pro Tour, uh, but during Pro Tour, they did have a banquet right before the night of of the the day of the Pro Tour, and at that banquet, they had this really cool stand, um, this really cool display case showcasing the history of Flesh and Blood and the future with the Pro Tour promo cards. And among those Pro Tour promo cards were a few little uh, spoiler sort of-ish things for Uprising. We did, yes. see, uh, we did see a sealed product for Uprising in the case, uh, like the box for the, pro- for the product. And we also saw uh, what appeared to be the very first Marvel uh, rarity card. If you remember when we talked about it, was a very unique rarity for uprising moving forward uh that would essentially take the place of like extended art cards or like the the slot that the bravo double-faced card cold foil took um that necessarily wasn't legendary or fabled but it was very very rare uh pull and it's going to be at least one of them that we've seen is a non-attack action that summons draconic opt dracona optimi which we at first weren't sure why it was a majestic and how you would be able to summon it. But now we see that it's a non-attack action that you play and it, it makes you turn, I believe an ash or uh, makes you turn an ash or a number of ash tokens or something into this dragon. And yeah. uh, we don't really know what the ash tokens do yet, but they're definitely part of the uh, kit of uh, Dromai ash artisan. As we now know, there are titles uh, from the same case, we see the promo. Do we see the promo foil Pro Tour cards for both of those new heroes, adult heroes? Uh, Faye is now confirmed to be draconic, as some people were kind of specu- speculating there may be another element or talent called Phoenix. But uh, no, we only have draconic right now. Uh, so Faye is named the Rising Rebellion, and Dromai is named the Ash Artist. Yeah. I think this is pretty cool. And then one of the things I did want to touch on, though, is with this uh, Invoke Dracona Optimi double-sided card. Yeah. Do you think that if LSS went back in time by a year, we would see Doomsday and Eclipse as double-sided cards? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder, though, um, how that operates with, like, graveyard interaction stuff. Because if you're just turning That's the true. spell over into a token i don't really know uh maybe the game rules will adjust to uh conform to this new uh 
cart cart type that has like two faces, but um, the game rules will allow the card to not actually be in your graveyard and uh, serve as a token on the field, an ally. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to see and wait. Maybe we'll see the uh, n- no premium version of the card and we'll know more about it then. Absolutely. And, you know, this card's definitely scary. Um, I have seen six power allies do nothing but close out games this whole weekend. Um, <laughs> and now we have one that, uh, you know, you can apparently put three of in your deck and draw. So let's uh <laughs> this seems like it's going to be very good. Obviously, pure speculation. But, you know, who isn't hyped? the mother of dragons we'll have to see i mean it does damage as well not just the not just the attack damage it does more damage so yeah that's it's bound to be that's bound to be a good mechanic right absolutely uh, we also still have not seen a fourth hero so uh this leads us all to believe mostly that um there's only gonna be three heroes which i am in the camp of however there are some people who believe that maybe they're holding out and they're gonna try to pull a fast one on us and trick us and uh, tell us that we've been bamboozled. There was a secret fourth hero all along. Speculation still continues. You know, it's okay. So here's why I believe there's a fourth hero, right? And it's only for one reason. And it is because the day before the pro tour, uh, Flake himself, Matt DeMarco, wrote an extensive article (laughs) on channel fireball called the case of a fourth hero and uprising oh man um okay so i feel like if there's anybody you know that has a bit of an inside like an inside information um you know it's it's definitely flake it's definitely flake right like that guy has shook james white's hand more than any other human being on the planet probably you know what i mean I mean, um, Matt Rogers, I don't know. Yeah, that's cl- that's true. Yeah, just based on geography alone, <laughs> it's probably Matt Rogers. That's <laughs> well, other than New Zealanders, you can't count them. They've shake hands with Matt Rogers like three times a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt Rogers, James White. Um, you know, I'm I really if if there's a fourth hero, amazing. Great. Right. But if there's not, I think the set still works. I don't think that we're sitting here stuck with a really weird, unplayable format. I think that they know what they're doing. And if we happen to see no fourth hero, I'd understand. I wouldn't be surprised. But I also might be surprised if they did reveal a fourth hero. So apparently, and if if you read this article, the article is fascinating. It it goes into everything like it definitely it turns into the Charlie Kelly Pepe Sylvia meme very fast where it just flake covers every single base possible as if there is a fourth hero or not. And um, what I think is interesting is he mentions multiple times in his talks with James White that James White keeps saying that there is an ice hero in this set that he is so excited to show people and that is one of his original brainchilds and apparently he keeps stopping himself short whenever people directly ask him if it's like an ice necromancer he just like he drops the subject altogether um so i don't know the truth is out there Mm. uh and i think i'm slowly turning into a fourth hero truther i just don't want to i don't want to be you don't want to get hurt again i don't want to be hurt again (laughs) I'm not ready to love. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, how can, I mean, it, what would be the, the, the fruits of the effort of such a prolonged siege? Uh, just a prolonged, like, you know, uh, like holdout on this info. Like, I don't understand. Like maybe just for the amazement, like the, the, just the sheer reaction and, controversy which would be really a smart move you know light up the the twitter feeds and trending right you know but i don't know i i I just i I just for some reason i don't see them not i don't know man as i'm speaking i'm almost becoming a 
a truther and I'm trying not to. I'm not gonna do it. I won't do it. <laughs> so my current theory is that this fourth hero is so cool <laughs> that they needed to hold it back so that way we'd pay attention to the other three. Okay. Fair. <laughs> fair. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um what's the word? I'll eat feathers, right? That's the saying. You'll eat feathers? I don't know. There's a saying. Is that a right? thing? I'm Googling eat feathers saying. right now. Maybe I'm the one who's going to eat feathers. <laughs> you know, like. Eat my I don't own think that's eat my Isn't own it foot? eat crow? Or is eat yeah, crow eat what crow. you're thinking of? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I'm the. Eat- <laughs> 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 I'm just. Because I have the visual image of the. Of the staying in my head of somebody just eating, like getting <laughs> crow feathers hanging out of their mouth. Just gonna eat feathers. I'm gonna eat feathers. Oh man. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, there's the title. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, yeah. That said, though, um, I do. This article is definitely worth a read. I, I'm sure yeah, if we yeah. don't have enough news next week, we'll do like a full breakdown. I'll put like weird conspiracy music in the background. And uh, I mean, this article is it's like the longest flesh and blood article on all of Channel yeah, Fireball. I'm, so I, I'm going to have to check it out. Definitely. Absolutely. But You know, there's one other thing I don't know if we mentioned about the Pro Tour Texas promos that apparently Pintor already sold his promo. Yeah. How much do you think he got for it? What the heck? He had to have gotten, like, I'm guessing at least $10,000. Got to think about this. This is a a one-of-a-kind card, right? At least as far as, like, any that are presented to people. This is a a one-of-a-kind card. They may be more in existence. They may be destroyed one day. Or they may already be destroyed. We don't know. We don't know. But I think that if... Shane manages to living legend himself before the next pro tour is like, I don't know how, if he doesn't win this pro tour coming up or any of the next ones and he gets points just by playing and winning pro quest road to nationals, battle hardens and such and such. What if there's never another Shane promo given out? That's what people were talking about with the Starvo promo is that like if Starvo won that event, Right, the pro tour, yeah, they would have had to give somebody a Starbo promo and then destroy all the other ones. Because when is Starbo ever going to win a pro tour again? I mean, maybe when they introduce the living legend format, but when is that going to happen? And when will that format ever be hosted for a uh, for a pro tour other than classic constructed? Right, yeah, when would, when, when would they host? It's like hosting a oh, maybe not quite, but it's like hosting a world magic championship and making legacy the format. It's usually never the case, it's always standard and limited, right? Yeah, so, you know, the more I think about it, though, I mean, obviously, this is a few points ago, but I'm I guarantee Rudy bought it and told him to stay anonymous until he published the video. Of course, you know, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, Rudy's definitely been buying gold foils what my computer uh sorry might cut that out i got confused there here for go. a second because uh my computer went black yep we're back um tell that computer to eat feathers I idled <laughs> eat feathers. so um yeah you know i think rudy's on the prowl buying this memorabilia stuff because i mean this is important shit yeah this yeah. is this is historic you know what i mean and if this goes down in books for what like one of the one of the greatest moments of one of the the one of the ignitions for this game to become the the forefront of TCGs in the future like this is these kind of promos memorabilia type of cards are going to be so sought after like you know the world championship card for Magic the Gathering the 1997 one you know what's going on from maybe it's not 1997 maybe it's another one I don't remember the exact thing about that date, but it's a five color card and it's super unique. Only well, it's a one of a kind card. And it was oh, only given out yeah, I know one the one time. you're talking about. Yeah. It's got like the yeah, yeah, it's the five color. It's got the guy in the jacket. Yeah, that's I mean, we can't we can't always compare everything to magic because magic is a very unique beast. 
But even on a fraction of that scale, like this is something that holds so much value long term. It would be hard to to not sell it for the sheer dollar value that you would make. But I feel like if you had held on to that, like that's some insanely value, like just just for the memory, the the emotional value to it as well, not just the dollar value, but like, you know, you're one of the first Pro Tour winners. Yeah. Pro Tour number one, the very first Shane Pro Tour promo. That said, though, if I am an investor, um, I definitely, I mean, especially if I'm Rudy, where this is like a huge occasion for me, I, the, I think what we saw this weekend is uh, flesh and blood became real. I mean, it was very real for a lot of us beforehand. And anyone that's picked up this game, played a little, that's played other TCGs, knows how great this game is. But there was in the back of everyone's head, you know, what if this is just another Key Forge or another uh, Path to Exile? Like any of those other games that were just a flash in the pan. And I think for so many of us this weekend, seeing this Pro Tour, seeing the sheer amount of just mass that this showed is, up to New Jersey. The amount of people uh, became real. You know, the game's real now. I agree. I agree. This is pivotal. This is a massive moment. I think James White knew this as well. Maybe that this is part of the plan as well. The Secret Fourth Hero, Pro Tour, Cold Foil promos, you know, having all of these huge guests, you know, uh, special promos for people who enter. I, you know, it's it was a, a huge celebratory moment, you know, even before yeah. the event began. They, it, they were celebrating because of just the what they've achieved. They brought 1,500 some number of people together in the flesh and blood to play great games <laughs> in the shared language of great games. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's and it's weird that they say great games, pearl, plural. We'll save that for another day. Um as we get into the speculation, but oh, sure. I, um, yeah, it was fascinating because <laughs> this is now the, uh, you know, the flesh and blood has become the second most popular thing to ever, maybe now the most popular thing to come out of New Zealand. It may have finally surpassed flight of the Concords. So I thought you were going to say fried eggs. Oh, fried eggs. Oh, that's true. So it's number two on a list of three things. Yeah. I mean, I still have fried eggs every morning. I don't know if I play Flesh and Blood every day, but I do think about it every day. Yeah, can't lie I play mental games every day. Just, just crushing it against my, uh, against my, what do you call so it? Uh, I'm mental like mentally opponent. playing a pummel and I'm pitching this and then I'm restack and draw and then, you know, just mentally doing all that all day long and thinking about cards to put in the deck or plays that were made and mistakes I made or things to do different, you know, all that things always going through my head. Um, but another note of things that are always just going through my head were the questions for the judge exam that I just took and I just passed that I thought about all day. That is correct. And I came home, I finished the test and got a 92%. So we are a level one judge now. We were both judges. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome to the judiciary. Thank you very much. And I'm very excited and nervous, honestly, because like I still haven't even judged a magic event. And I just became a magic judge last year in like August. But who was running events? And my local store has like two level one judges. So like that are not me. So sometimes I just don't get an opportunity to. But I already spoke with my local store. They're going to try to get me hooked up for uh, the store championships this year. Right. Um, on a not so flesh and blood note, we don't have to discuss it, what the what the promos are this year, but they're really cool. Um, but I would rather judge it than play in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I would love to uh, judge some of the upcoming pro quests and road to nationals uh, later this year over playing them uh at least all of them i want to play some of them but i would definitely love to judge some of them yeah there's the um i'll have to send it to you like uh once the i don't i don't know if the discord for judges verified you yet but there's a whole 
once you're on level one, there's like a whole professional staffing page, oh, really? uh, which is a great way if you are a judge to find places looking for judges to hire. Um, so they'll have a huge list of things yeah. that are looking for judges. Like I'll see stuff in like Orlando all over the place. I, got, um, I guess I'll have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also have a new judge promo too. We do the adjudicator, the, um, the, uh, the hero that just has the ability to kill somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like Ty Panis, Drakai of judgment, uh, so there's a new draconic hero, adjudicator class, which we've never seen before. Uh, but obviously neither, this is not legal in any format. You could probably play yeah. it in UPF, uh, but it is a adult hero. So I guess you just have to adjust the life total. It doesn't say young, but it does have 20 life. So what is it? 10 life in, oh my God, is this 10 life in UPF? Wait, does it start at 10 life? Is that a real thing? Oh my god, this is a 20 life that? This is a 20 life adult hero. Oh yeah, I just think it is, I think that it, the adjudicator class, I think they have said is, regardless of if it is young, is legal. In, um, yeah, UPF will be updated to include non-young adjudicators, is what they said as That's part weird. of the PowerPoint. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. Right. Interesting, but it, I mean, this is uh, a kind of really cool effect. The first time each turn, another hero becomes a target of a source that would deal lethal damage. You may discard a red card if you do choose new targets for that source. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely that's really cool. Hopefully, I get one of those soon. Yeah, hopefully, there's judging. a yeah, because I know they're giving them out retroactively to all the judges that were at Pro Tour New Jersey. But I believe because there are multiple printings of this card. So they're saying there's a double sided cold foil and a rainbow foil. So my guess is there will be other ways to get this in the future. Or um, maybe uh, level based. Oh, level yeah. Two, level one. That's fair. Right. Level two's got the cold foil double sided. Level one's got the rainbow foil. Yeah. That, I mean, that would make sense. That'd be in line with what we've seen like other games judge compensation programs look like. So maybe. Yeah. Or a rainbow foil just is like a. It, this seems I think it's fine to give judge judges unique cool things like this. There's yeah, no need to give other people access to this card other than buying it from a judge. Yeah, I mean, if buy you my do community service, you should buy get my cool typeness. Yeah, buy my typeness from me when I get it, whenever I get it <laughs> for thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, I think the, uh, the only other piece of news that we have is, uh, that, um, if you are a magic, the gathering player, especially an EDH player, you've likely used EDH rec. And, uh, we oh, saw yeah. fabric get launched this week at fabric, F A B R E C dot G G. And, uh, they have been live for two days as of recording this. So go ahead, check it out. Their front end design, um, I am a web developer. I've probably never brought that up before. But uh, the front end design is phenomenal on this website. It's done extremely well. And I uh, hope you all check it out. I don't know if you noticed, but this is updated since the last time we looked at this. What, like in the last hour? Yeah. No, <laughs> for real. The Shane's at the top now. Mo most oh. decks. Yeah, 431 over 400 Briar. I think they're, they're still populating deck, uh, deck lists. Yeah, I mean, it's said that they have a, a bunch of set sources that they're pinging. Man, they even have Cavdane decks All the way uh, the sourced. Um, eventually, I'm hoping that they have some sort of user base for this so you can save your own deck ideas. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's deck about all it's missing. This is still in beta, though. Indeed. But yeah, that's really cool. Uh, there's also uh, Spell Void, I think, believe. I believe created by the same group. Yeah, that's correct. Their version of Gatherer. Yes. Well, honestly, who's used Gatherer in like the last what year is it? Who's no used one. Gatherer in like the last like six years? I think I only use it to look up artists. <laughs> that's I mean, even then, like when I started playing Magic, sorry, a little bit of a tangent, uh unfab related, <laughs> but when I started playing Magic, I was introduced to the great world of magic cards.info immediately. Oh, magic cards.info. You don't That's remember a real that? Website. That was great. 
And it Is was it essentially up? the no. It, that's what Scryfall became, actually. Oh, okay. They actually they still have the web domain, and they. Uh... Well, the, yeah, the developers for the site or whoever was running the site decided to upgrade it immensely. So you know, spell Scryfall has been a a, a boon to uh, EDH builder deck builders and stuff. So Spellvoid is essentially a scryfall for flesh and blood. And, uh, you know, for a newer player who's still trying to find out uh, all the cards in the game, this is a great place to go and uh, sort and look through cards. Absolutely. Right on. So there we go. Absolutely. We've given you homework. We've given you a conspiracy article to read. Hopefully next week, uh, my voice will be back in full. I'm yeah. excited for that. That will be fire. Um, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. So, yeah, Matt, you have any uh, final thoughts? Well, uh, we do have a ProQuest this weekend. Uh, ah. Right on the heels of ProTour. So I don't know how attendance is going to be. I think some people might be a little bit... Uh, a little bit uh, fabbed out, uh, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I do think they should have spaced this out a little bit. There were actually ProQuest events going on in Europe while the Pro Tour was going on. Yeah, I've heard such as such. We'll have to see. Indeed. And, um, you know, uh, Starville's still going to be legal, actually. Even though he hit Living Legend, he's still going to be legal until Uprising. So the meta yeah. is a bit unchanged, even since uh, the ban and restricted list announcement. So interesting to see what kind of uh, results we get from uh, ProQuest Season 2. Uh, hopefully I do well. Uh, really looking forward to some uh, tunic sleeves and perhaps a uh, gold foil in my future. Even though I'm not going to France, I don't need the PTI, but you know, <laughs> a gold foil would be real nice. We'll see. All right. Right on. All right, cool. Well, that was episode nine, and we'll see you next week. Take care.